Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Motown Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and as always, I'm joined by Jimmy. How are you doing today, Jimmy? Great. Awesome. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, but first, we're going to start with Matt Patricia's press conference from last week. I believe this is the first time he's addressed the media since the draft, and he answered everything that was asked of him. And my first biggest takeaway from this is that he seemed a lot more personable and a lot more comfortable in this situation, just talking to the media. And I don't know if that was because he was at home and not in the press conference that he felt a little bit more comfortable. But either way, um, even the media members pointed it out and noticed that he was just a lot more friendly and it seemed more enjoyable and easygoing. So do you think that Matt Patricia's kind of found like his niche in coaching? And do you think he's kind of found a little bit more of a friendly approach instead of just trying to be a Bill Belichick clone? Yeah, I agree with you. He seems very personal, like you mentioned, outgoing, happy, jovial. Mm -hmm. The senior bowl, he saw those practices. He was just jumping around happy-go-lucky uh all these press conferences media stuff he seems really happy with his situation even though he's sort of on the hot seat yeah but it's really great to see you like to see your coaches happy you like to see them comfortable and that's what we're seeing right now so it's it's a nice change from the first year when he was just getting his feet wet but dealing with that whole sexual assault dredging up situation mm-hmm. two years after that it seems like he's much more comfortable yeah it was even mentioned last year towards the end of the year and even by, again we've mentioned by Darius Slay and other media members that in his second year he was a little bit more easier to talk to a little bit more easygoing so I think he's he's kind of finding his as I mentioned earlier his niche and kind of how he wants to approach his coaching style also I believe that he's kind of got his group of guys here now that believe in what he's doing as we've mentioned before on other episodes he finally got out the vocal guys the negative guys so per se and now he's gotten in his group of guys this is his third year and we're i'm excited to see yeah and maybe this whole covid uh quarantine situation helped him out a bit Mm -hmm. Uh, allowed him to spend more time with his family sometimes when you see somebody happy it's not necessarily because their job is better it's because their social situation at home is better Mm -hmm. so he saw his kids with him at the draft he seemed pretty happy he's talked about his family during some of these pressers Mm -hmm. so maybe that has helped him from just an emotional stability standpoint exactly yeah like you even mentioned how he's possibly on the hot seat this year but he's still just very comfortable and relaxed in the entire situation I also noted how he mentioned how the whole team is kind of um, on a really good page right now, even though they've been so far away that when they got into a video conference call for the first time with all of them on the call, how they were all joking with each other, messing around, and how just the whole team camaraderie is, it's really well. And it's again, this is just coming from one person, so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But still, just, just hearing that is better than hearing reports or players come out about how negative it is and all that stuff. So it's great to hear, even though everyone's so socially distanced and far apart, that they're still staying connected and being together as a team, that brotherhood, I guess. Yeah, you love to hear that. And we saw that short video of Stafford working out with some of his teammates mm-hmm. uh, a week or so ago. Yeah. But like you mentioned, got to take with a grain of salt because Matt Patricia, his job is to paint a positive image. He's not going to say anything negative, anything controversial. Mm-hmm. So it's good to hear, but I don't read too much into it. Yeah, I agree. So that's just kind of a little bit of takeaway on that. Also, he, I 
noted how he mentioned that he opted for more of an educational virtual style training camp instead of the more physical one because he kind of just expects his guys to know where he wants them to be physically. But he also did mention after that question how he sort of reached out to every player individually and set up kind of gauge their situation if they're in an apartment or what equipment they have and kind of giving them a workout equipment a dieting regimen all that stuff so he's kind of reached out and addressed each one personally because obviously you're not going to give an offensive lineman the same diet as a wide receiver so they've all addressed that and how they're going to work out as well so i think that's really interesting so he just wants them all the new players to get the knowledge basically is more his biggest takeaway on that do you have any thoughts on that Yeah, I wonder if that's a harbinger of potentially some scheme changes that might be significant coming forward this year, especially on the defensive side, which is where Patricia obviously focuses his energy. Exactly. And we need some scheme changes. Uh, we got Corey Unlung, maybe. We'll see more blitzes, more creativity on defense and not so vanilla like Mm -hmm. we saw last year. Yeah, again, we've I think we mentioned it on every single episode, but I'm super excited to see what type of what type of defense we're going to be after being such a uh, conservative defense the last few years, how we're going to utilize our players now. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, about him trusting his players to do what they need to do. Well, this is where getting guys with good character is going to pay dividends. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who are able to take do things themselves, work hard themselves like a Jared Davis who he mentioned in this presser works mm. hard don't need to worry about him much don't need to worry about him getting in trouble he's going to keep himself in shape not going to show up 40 pounds overweight that mm. kind of thing so having guys with good character hopefully will give the Lions a little bit of an edge this offseason I agree so again that all comes back to as you mentioned taking people with good characters and just being able to trust them in a whole that's it's a big part of your team because if you can't, again, we've. if you look back a few years ago when we had people like Nick Fairley and Titus Young, people who were getting in trouble all the time, it's hard to believe in your team when they're out doing stuff like that. So, But another one of the big takeaways from his press conference was how he mentioned that even though they didn't pick up Jared Davis' fifth-year option, that he's still a big part of the defense and a big role player, especially this coming year and how he's going to be utilized. What I guess what are your thoughts on that? Well, Matt Patricia's job as the coach is to pump up his players when they need pumping them up, to mm-hmm. tear them down when they need tearing down. Right now, Jared Davis probably needs to be pumped up. Yeah. Uh, looking at the fifth-year options this year, 18 out of the 32 first-rounders either had their fifth year picked up or they were already extended. Mm-hmm. So that means Jared Davis is below average on that scale, and basically we would consider it to be a failed pick. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's a bust or a bad player, but it's a failed pick, and that's got to affect Jared Davis emotionally a little bit to know that mm-hmm. his fifth year wasn't picked up. He's on a contract year right now. The team isn't super happy with him, no matter what Matt Patricia says in this press conference. So mm-hmm. Patricia's going to try to pump him up, say good things about him, perk him up, hopefully allow him and push him to have a good year. Of course. And obviously, we're still, like you said, we still have him for this year, and it can be a big year. Also, we mentioned on the last episode how much his fifth year contract would be. It would be about 10 to 11 million per year. So, again, depending on his play, they still could want him as in a Lions uniform, but at just a cheaper option than 10 million a year. 
Yeah, I wanted to talk about that uh, number because I was mm-hmm. looking up the numbers for the t- fifth year across the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 10 million is a big number for the linebacker position because you compare it to defensive ends. Number 22 pick was Atlanta, Charles Harris, defensive end. Mm-hmm. His fifth year option was 10 million. 50,000, which is actually lower than Jared Davis's number. So it's weird to see a defensive end have a lower number than a linebacker. Yeah. You see cornerback Gary and Connolly at number 24 with the same $10 million number. And then you look at other positions like tight end, which is only $6 million. Safety, mm-hmm. only $6.7 million. So, for example, if the linebacker number was more around $7 million, I could have seen them easily pick up Jared Davis's contract. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, that linebacker number is really high. Yeah, I agree. It's really weird. Again, I do think that they're going to try and retain him depending on his play this year because he could have a huge year and we can, again, extend him for around eight, seven, eight million a year. Or he could be a complete bust, like I said. Either way, it's kind of a more of a smarter option from just the financial standpoint. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I would love to see him play well and get him extended because I always root for guys that we draft. I love to see players. Oh, yeah get second or third contracts with the team and play their whole career with the team Mm -hmm. it sucks watching a player grow up and develop with the team and even though again he has flashes and he has moments where he's good he does have his weaknesses that i've said it a million times hopefully Corey underland can take jared davis and sort of utilize him in a better way that makes him stand out a lot more than he has in the past so Another takeaway that I saw was how Matt Patricia mentioned that he talked to a few of the Jeff Okuda's coaches down at Ohio State, and that sort of factored into, again, going back to that whole good character role and with a shortened offseason and not being able to interview so many people, how that goes back to trusting who you know and trusting the people, certain people's words over others. So he mentioned that did have a big role in taking Jeff Okuda. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe a couple current Lions coaches have some ties to Ohio State. So Mm -hmm. yeah, clearly we have strong ties with Ohio State. We took three of their players in the draft this year. Mm -hmm. So it clearly made a big difference in who we drafted. Oh yeah, for sure. And then the last thing I want to take away, I don't believe it was from his actual press conference, but in another interview he did, he was asked about the trade rumors with Matthew Stafford and all that. And Patricia basically came out and said that one of the reasons he came to Detroit was to work with Matt Stafford as an established quarterback, all of that. And all those trade rumors are just a bunch of BS. So again, do you have any thoughts on his comments about that? Well, this is where the whole grain of salt comes into play again. Matt Patricia is going to stay positive. He's not going to say a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't get a whole lot out of his press conferences, unlike Bob Quinn, which I actually do get a lot out of. Bob Quinn reveals a lot of his insight. Matt Patricia is more of a cheerleader during these press conferences. (laughs) So I I don't get a whole lot of useful or hard information. I completely agree with you. He's just trying to butter up the team. But again, you just kind of got to take it with believe what you want at this point. So now we'll move on. Our next topic of the day, where the NFL finally released its schedule last week on Thursday, and there's actually a few big takeaways. The first biggest takeaway is that the Lions don't have any nationally televised game except for Thanksgiving, obviously. We don't have any Monday night, Sunday night game. Another big takeaway, I thought, is we have an early bye week, which I believe last week it was or last year was week five as well was our bye week. Yeah, you might be right. I think, yeah, so we've had the same bye week two years in a row, which sucks. And another big takeaway is we have 
a lot of away games early in the year and a lot of home games in December. I believe the last the last two games are home games. I guess what are your biggest takeaways from the NFL schedule this year? Yeah, as far as the home and away games, yeah, it's nice to see the home games later in the year when the mm-hmm. weather gets colder. Although I always wonder how much that actually matters because both teams have to play in the cold. So I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, my favorite thing as a fan to look for, for in the schedule is the number of national TV games. Mm-hmm. I love the national games. I love seeing the Lions on the big stage. Uh, I've heard players talk about they do get pumped up for those games because they matter more from a just a perspective standpoint. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no primetime games this year. Us and the Redskins are the only teams to have no primetime games. And, yeah, I guess we don't really deserve it we're the third worst team in the league last year so exactly play better Mm -hmm. i mean there is a little bit of room for flexibility the week 15 and 16 games are the times are still to be announced because they obviously could have some playoff implications so if we're in the running we could possibly maybe get one of those primetime games or monday night game but we'll just have to wait and see at that point it's again highly unlikely that we'll even if we are in the running, I doubt national television wants to see the Lions because they're just going to go where the money's at. Yeah, uh, the Bucks are the week 16 that might get flexed, so they got Tom Brady. So we exactly. have to do our part and have a good <laughs> record going the game, and that could easily get flexed to Saturday. Yeah, again, depending... Uh, Again, this is off topic, and personally, I don't think the Bucks are going to do as great as everyone thinks. We've It's kind of like in the NBA, it's hard to get, just because you get a bunch of superstars doesn't mean they're all going to work together. That's besides the point. But again, maybe they could be one of those later round seeds, and that could be a playoff spot. Maybe one of us could be fighting for that last NFC playoff spot, and that could be a big, big game that they want to put on Sunday night. I guess, again, we'll just all have to wait and see. Another takeaway that I noticed is we play the Arizona Cardinals again. We played them the last three years in a row, and we've played them eight out of the last nine years. Also, they have been the, besides the teams in our division, that we they are the team that we've played the most in the NFL. So I'm not sure what correlation that has. Or Yeah, they might as well be in our division at this point. Yeah, exactly. If they ever reworked it, I see the Cardinals somehow being yeah. in there. It's real weird. But yeah, I still remember back in the old days, the Bucks were in our division, which is a little weird, that warm weather Florida team. Yeah, so. there's a few. Like, I don't understand how, again, with the AFC East, how the Dolphins are in there when you got New York, Buffalo, and New England, and then Miami's just randomly in there. But and then week one, we obviously open against the Chicago Bears. This is a big toss-up game because we don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I wonder if it's a good chance to catch them early given their unsettled quarterback situation. I guess mm-hmm. there's pros and cons either way i mean if Foles is the starter it might take him time to get some speed up to speed with the offense so maybe that's to our advantage mm-hmm. but then we don't have any tape on him so maybe that's to our disadvantage who knows mm-hmm. uh if trubisky's a starter i think it'll be nice to give us a good early look to see if our defense can play him better than it did last year i mean honestly i think our entire defense is pretty much flipped i mean there's not too many returning players and if they are it's mostly the younger players our entire defensive lines almost changed besides trey flowers and deshaun hand our our secondaries completely changed too besides a few players again tracy walker will harris um, justin coleman other than them that's pretty much all new players new faces on defense so i'm excited to see also week one will be a good telling point for our offensive line going against Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, all those guys. That's going to be real interesting to see how 
those new offensive linemen can hold up against that defensive line yeah that's a good point mm, so week one's going to be an interesting game i think it's at home so that's always good to start the game start the season off at home get the i mean we don't even know if there's going to be fans in the stadium but if there is again that's always a good uplifting thing to get the fan crowd momentum going yeah division game week one that'll be really intense mm-hmm, for sure we end the season against the vikings for i can't remember the last time we faced them it's usually always the bears or the packers we usually face week 17 seems like it always ends up going to the packers yeah we've played the packers a lot on that week 17 game mm-hmm. like i said it feels like it's always either them or the bears feels like it's been a long time since we played the vikings week 17 and then also we're actually playing the houston texans on thanksgiving which I don't know if anyone else remembers, but the last time we played the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving was when a certain rule got changed because a certain Jim Swartz threw a certain red flag on a play that should have been ruled down. But Yeah, bad memories of that game for sure. Yeah, we could go on forever just have a whole episode if we want to talk about times lines have been screwed over. But I like seeing that the, we got the Texans on Thanksgiving. I was getting a little tired of seeing division opponents on Thanksgiving every year, so it's nice to see somebody fresh. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good interconference matchup between the two conferences for once. According to the strength of schedule, we have the fifth easiest schedule, but honestly, when you kind of look at it, to me, it doesn't really feel that easy i mean obviously they're going off wins and losses from the year prior but especially early in the year we've got again we don't really know too much about who's going to be the quarterback for the bears but then we've got aaron Rodgers, kyler murray and drew Brees the three following weeks so like you said that's going to be just a good tough matchups for our defense in the whole the next couple weeks to see how they can hold up and if we get into the the loss column those first few weeks i feel like it's going to be hard to get back out of it later in the year it doesn't really ease up too much in my opinion yeah every week's hard in the nfl Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting seeing green bay in week two i know i believe bob quinn has mentioned in the past that he looks to see when they have to go to green bay and they try they hope that they can go to green bay early to avoid the weather situation so always going to green bay in week two is good however uh there's a whole covid situation that could delay the season and Mm -hmm. the nfl according to adam Schefter in his espn article detailed a little bit about how much they might do that which is they might push week one and two to the back end of the season to Mm. save those games because there are division games there yes so potentially we could see the packers in the last week of the season in mid january yeah depending on how far delayed Mm -hmm. so that's not very it's never a good time to play green bay or chicago later in the year which we do have one game against chicago on december 6th so that again could be another weathery game my biggest uh my biggest snowy memory was when we played the philadelphia eagles i believe 2013 Um, or i want to say yeah that was a while ago i loved watching that game that That was was a classic game we were doing great for a while but then LaShawn McCoy, McCoy yeah. yeah somehow he was able to make cuts in the snow nobody mm. else could make a cut somehow he was like the best player in the world in the snow yeah he just put on a pair of snow boots and just trucked everyone down that game yeah. it was that was that, crazy but it was really fun to watch that game I really enjoyed it 
Yeah, that was one of the craziest games I remember watching. I even remember they did the pre-broadcast and they showed the field and it, you could see the field. It wasn't snowing that bad. And then when it went to kickoff, you could barely see the field because it was snowing so hard. It was Yeah, that's the best is when the snow is coming down hard during the game. They don't even have time to shovel it off or anything. Yeah. They have to keep doing the yard lines every, the five yard lines every, <laughs> between yeah. every down. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So if COVID delays the start of the season, we could see a bunch of those games across the league in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be real interesting to see. I guess my last thought for the day, since you're a little bit more into the whole medical field, know how this Corona thing is affecting everyone how do you think that the nfl season could be affected do you feel that it's going to be pushed back or do you feel that it's going to go on as normal just without fans i guess what are your thoughts at this point right now yeah i don't think there's any way to predict right now it's just week to week basis we're starting to creep up close to the start of the season we're only about three or four months away at this point Mm -hmm. but at some point the nfl and the nation is going to have to be willing to take some risk because mm-hmm. it's very unlikely COVID is going to be 100 percent gone by september and the nfl has talked about doing testing for all the players testing on a regular basis well it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of rules they come up with because if somebody tests positive what does that mean right if that player goes into basically a IR situation for two or three weeks, but then what about every other player that he got exposed to? Exactly. So there's going to be some risk involved with starting any of these leagues. Mm-hmm. The good news for the NFL is they're going to have some other leagues across the world to look at to see how they handle things and see how it goes before the NFL has to start their season in September. Mm-hmm. we got the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball still potentially trying to get started up in the next month or two so there will be some test cases for the nfl to look at as adam silver has stated recently that he does believe that he can get the playoff nba playoffs to continue with a full seven game series but i mean again this is a little bit off topic but what is your opinions on that do you think that after being off for two months and sitting around do you think that they could be able to jump right back into it and play a very competitive seven game playoff series and be in shape all that i guess just your quick Absolutely. thoughts on it. Absolutely. Start it up right away. If they're not in shape, that's their fault. <laughs> Teams are on a level f- playing field at this point. They can stay in shape if they want to. If they're not in mm-hmm. shape, well, they have nobody to blame. So right. as long as teams are on a level playing field and you're not, say, significantly increasing injury risk, then go ahead and play. Even if that the level of play is not as good as before, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it matters. I think you just go and get started. Exactly. And another thing to take away from this is the total, again, depending on if they do it with fans or without fans, that financial hit because a huge portion of the player's income comes from revenue from fans and all that. So again, both in NFL and NBA. So if if either one of them continue to go with do the season without fans, they have stated that it's going to take the players and both the NBA and NFL are going to have to take some salary hit because of the the money that's not coming in that would normally be there. So, Yeah, the good news for the NFL is most of their money is from TV contracts, so mm-hmm. they're going to be able to better weather the situation than, say, the NBA. But if it's up to the players making money or not making money, well, they're going to choose to make money exactly because yeah as of right now no one's making anything not sitting at home not playing anything so i don't know if you got a chance to see the 
Lions release videos, the Planet Lions video. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend that. It was a nice take on Planet Earth and other BBC Nature videos. They had a David Attenborough impersonator who did a good job. <laughs> and the production quality was really good, really impressive. Yeah, as we mentioned before we got on here, I'm really impressed by the entire Lions PR team as a whole during this whole coronavirus and not being able to do their normal content. They have definitely been able to keep Lions fans entertained with some of the videos and some of the interviews and other things that they've been doing. So I'm really impressed by them, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Same here. All right. I guess that's going to do it for today. I want to thank you again for coming on, Jimmy, as always. Appreciate it. All right. And we'll talk to you next time.